stripe time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. One welcome to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians still on a homestand as they are hosting Boston this weekend. And they got off to a rough start on Friday night, a, a game where Logan Allen pitched extremely well for six innings. And then it was Alex Young for an inning with the Indians leading 3-1. to one. But unfortunately, James Karinchek allowed a three-run home run in the top half of the eighth inning. That turned the game for Boston, and the Red Sox win it. But the series continues through the weekend. A 4.05 first pitch on Saturday, and then a 1.10 first pitch on Sunday. So a lot of baseball left on this long homestand for the Tribe that started last weekend over uh, at Progressive Field against the Angels with a game over in Williamsport as part of the Little League Classic and then uh, Texas coming in. So a lot of baseball at home this week. In fact, one of the longest homestands of the season for the Tribe. Coming up a little bit later on in our show, we will hear from Indians outfielder Oscar Mercado, who has had a a good solid season, uh, still trying to find that consistency at the plate, and we'll talk to him about that. Also, Cal Quantrill, who's been one of the the really pleasant surprises, a breakthrough in the starting rotation for the Indians, has had a tremendous month of August. We'll uh, hear from him as well. And Emmanuel Classe, Indians closer, will join us with some translation help as well from Augie Rivero. But uh, it'd be nice to check in with the, the tribe closer to hear his thoughts on that key role for the Indians at the end of games. And we'll conclude our show today with a look at the Indians minor league system with James Harris, the Indians vice president of player development. But first, a look at the week in review. And after the off day on Monday following that fun weekend and Sunday over in Williamsport for the Tribe, a three-game series sweep of the Angels. Uh, Indians looking to keep it going against Texas on Tuesday night. The Rangers coming in with one of the worst records in baseball, but they hung a 7-3 loss on the Indians on Tuesday night. But the Tribe bounced right back on Wednesday with a solid effort in a 7-2 win over the Rangers. And they had the long ball working in this one, beginning with Oscar Mercado in the second inning. Here's the wind and the 2-0 pitch. Swung in and ripped to deep left. There she goes. Gone to the bleachers. Halfway up the bleachers and left, Oscar Mercado has his third home run. And Jake Lance has given up his first major league hit. Two more bombs for the Tribe in the fifth inning. First, Yu Chang. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to right. This is it well. It's deep down the line, and that ball is a home run. Peters went right to the wall, and he leaped at the wall, but Chang 
hit it just far enough to get on out of here. And the Indians now lead it 2-0. And then Austin Hedges. The 1-2 is blasted deep left field down the line. And it is a fair ball home run. Austin Hedges. 3-0 Tribe. Hedges with number six. And three solo home runs off the rookie, Jake Latz, has given the Indians a 3-0 lead. Texas cut the lead with a two-run sixth inning, but the Indians responded in the bottom of the sixth. Once again, Yu Chang coming through. The pitch. Swung on a little floater to right. This is trouble near the line. It gets down, base hit. Diving attempt by Peters. Can't make the catch. Ball gets by him. Into second is Chang with a double. Mercado in to score. And the Indians now lead it 4-2. to two. Owen Miller drove in Chang to make it a 5-2 to two lead for the Tribe. And then in the seventh, Fran Mill Reyes did it again. Reyes sends one high. Deep to left. It is gone. And the Indians have their fourth solo home run tonight. Reyes has number 23. And the Indians have a 6-2 lead. The Tribe added one more in the eighth to make it a 7-2 lead. And then in the ninth, Emmanuel Classe was on to finish things up. From the set, Classe in the high hold lets it fly. And it's swung on line to second. Caught by Miller. Ball game. So the Indians even the series. They go deep four different times on solo homers. They get really good pitching from Zach Plesak and the bullpen. And they bounce the Texas Rangers tonight. The final, Cleveland 7 and Texas 2. So the Indians had squared the series with the Rangers at one win apiece heading into Thursday night's rubber match of the series. And it turned out another high-scoring ball game for the Tribe. Miles Straw led things off in the bottom half of the first inning and with one swing put the Indians in front. Lyles kicks, fires, and the pitch swung on, hammer to right. Down the line it goes toward the corner. Gone! Miles Straw shoots it down the right field line for his fourth home run. The Indians had four solos last night. And Miles Straw starts tonight with a blast down that right field line to put the Indians on top, one to nothing. First leadoff home run for Straw in his major league career, and that was the seventh for the Indians. Most of those from the departed second baseman Cesar Hernandez and also Bradley Zimmer with a leadoff home run as well for the Indians this season. But Straw got it done on Thursday night against the Rangers. Now, still in the first inning, after Jose Ramirez walked and stole second, Fran Mill Reyes delivered. Swung on, drilled to left. That's a base hit near the line. That's going to score Ramirez. Ball goes all the way to the wall. And Fran Mill Reyes is in, standing at second. And the Indians now lead it 2 to nothing. So a one-out double near the line and left for Fran Mill Reyes. His 13th double, his 63rd RBI. And the Indians wasting no time in their first ever encounter with Jordan Lyles. And then Bradley Zimmer capped off that big first inning in a big way. Here's the 2-1. 
Swung on and hammered. High, deep to right. Away, back, way out of here. Bradley Zimmer makes it 4-0 Indians. A moonshot to right. And it's still daylight. Wow, was that another prodigious blast. And Bradley Zimmer with this resurgence of power over the last month has made it a 4-0 Indians ball game and we're only in inning number one. Jordan Lyles has given up two bombs this inning. Now 33 on the year. And that ball bounced out of the mezzanine deck in right, it looked like. Oh, my goodness. Right, Zimmer now with the two longest home runs that the Indians have hit this season, 471 feet, and then that 465-foot blast on a Thursday night against Texas. Now, the Rangers battled back. They tied the game at four, but in the bottom half of the fourth inning, the bottom of the order had it rolling for the Tribe as Andres Jimenez put the Indians back in front. Now the 1-2. Swung on, grounded, first base side, fair ball, down the line it goes. Johnson will score. Headed for third is Hedges. He'll be held up right there and into second base with an RBI double. Andres Jimenez, he has put the Tribe back in front. It's now the Indians 5, the Rangers 4. Later in the fourth, Ahmed Rosario's sack fly made it 6-4, to four, and then Jose Ramirez kept it going. Lyles slowing it down a little bit here in the fourth. Here's his payoff pitch. Swung on line. Base hit right field. Just past a diving second baseman, Nick Solak. Paddle plate, Jimenez from third base, and Jose Ramirez comes through with a two-out RBI single. The Indians now lead it 7-4 to four, as Ramirez has driven in his 80th run on the season. Next up, Fran Mill Reyes. Here comes the payoff pitch. Swung on, and that's looped to shallow left, and it falls in for a base hit. Rounding third and scoring is Ramirez on the bloop single off the bat of Reyes. And it's a four-run inning for the Tribe. They now lead it 8-4. to four. Then in the fifth, Owen Miller showed some power. Here's the 0-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. This one's hit to deep left. Looking up, and he won't get it. Peters looked up to the 19-foot high wall, but that's a home run for Owen Miller. Another one leaves the ballpark, and the Indians now lead it 9-4. Trevor Steffen did a nice job out of the pen and was in line for the win with Emmanuel Classe on to finish things up. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Check swing, strike three, ball game. The Indians win the rubber match as everybody had a base hit. Eight Indians scored, seven Indians drove in a run, and the Indians bounced the Texas Rangers 10-6. So the Indians with a 10-6 win over the Rangers, they take the series, welcomed in Boston on Friday night, that tough 4-3 loss to the Red Sox to start the weekend series. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians outfielder Oscar Mercado. That's after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. 
Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Saifathon. The annual year-long event for saving big on home and auto insurance. These savings are available up until and straight through Labor Day. Halloween. Clover Cleveland's birthday. Taco Tuesday. The anniversary of the moon landing. White Chocolate Day. The sale literally never ends. You can come on Jupiter's Ascension. National Pisces Day. But not Leap Day. <laughs> Just kidding. We're doing Leap Day because every day is perfect for saving money with a home and auto bundle only at Progressive. But for real, we're not doing White Chocolate Day because White Chocolate is gross. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Red Sox this weekend. Oscar Mercado was in the lineup on Friday night, and he's been in the lineup quite a bit here as uh, the Indians take a good long look at Mercado, Bradley Zimmers, some of the other young players. And Mercado's looking for that bounce-back season this year. You may remember he, he burst on the scene in 2019 for the Indians and had a really strong rookie campaign. Hit 269 that year with 15 home runs and 54 runs driven in. Also stole 15 bases and made quite a few uh, outstanding plays in the outfield, mainly as a center fielder for the Indians, but it just never clicked for him a year ago. He had a, a late injury in spring training before the COVID shutdown, and then when it came time to fire things back up for that shortened season a year ago, he really struggled at the plate. Uh, only 11 for 86 at the plate. That's a 128 average. So um, the wheels came off a little bit for him last year as he tried to make some adjustments. Had a good spring this spring. Did not start the season with the big club, but now he's been up for a while and has made some good progress. Had a big home run against Texas earlier in the week, and we had a chance to catch up with him. And he talked about trying to take advantage of some playing time down the stretch. It's been fun, uh, you know, playing with, you know, all the guys, all the guys, uh, came up with and just being able to um go out there and compete together um we're all getting the opportunity to go out there and and enjoy enjoy the game and just be a part of something you know special we got a young team and um we're all trying to make a statement and prove that we belong here so it's uh but we all have each other's backs as well so you know bringing the best out of each other and it's just it's been a good time you mentioned that. How different is it from, let's say, your first two years in, in the organization where you had a chance to play in the major leagues? Um, well, you know, in the first first year and last year, everyone, you know, we had uh, our team, you know, Lindor, Santana, uh, you know, Kip was there and um, everyone else. And then this year, when we get off to that really good start and, you know, injuries kind of de- derailed us a little bit, but... I still think that, like, in all, you know, watching the games and just being a part of it and just seeing how well everyone's been able to compete um, and how well everyone's been able to just go out there and hold their own. And, you know, we're winning games. You know, we're we're competing in every game. And, you know, it's been it's been fun to watch and be a part of. And you look at that, a team hanging right around that 500 mark. There are other teams that are in, quote, rebuilds that, that are really having a tough time. But when you look at the Indians, it seems like more a reload than a, than a rebuild. And is that how you guys look at it, where you a few subtle adjustments here and you can be right back in the thick of things? Yeah, we don't we don't really consider it a rebuild. We know we the group of guys we got, we can go out there and compete every game. And that's what we've, we've done exactly that. You know, all of us have gone out there and just, uh, 
you know, competed our, our butts off and, you know, put together good at-bats, played good defense, good base running, played good baseball. And, you know, I feel like a couple a couple wins here and there um, in a row and putting together a good streak, and it, it'll just show. I mean, you, like you said, there's other teams that are, you know, letting their young guys play as well, but, you know, struggling. And, you know, for us to be able to uh, still be winning ball games and um, staying afloat is uh, – is pretty special. Oscar, I think every player would love to have that nice, even, you know, path where, where you just continue to get better and have more success. But it, it's more common to see a player have to go through some struggles. And, and for you, how, do, how does that make you better in the long run, some of the challenges that you've had to try and, and establish yourself here? It happens to everyone at the big league level. Um, you know, this is a league where people are constantly making adjustments. And, you know, everyone here is just so talented. So, um, it's about just, you know, always trying to be better and get better and become a better player and um, improving, improving every every week, every month, every year. And um, you know, that's my goal as a player. My goal as a player is to do something to help the team win every single game. And uh, whether it's running the bases or playing good defense or you know getting a clutch hit, and um, that that's I'll, I'm perfectly fine with that. And you look at the work it takes to be successful. You were out here today uh, early working with the other outfielders. And, and how important can that be, even at this time of year when they call it the dog days and all that kind of stuff, but uh, you're out there working? Yeah, for sure. Um, we're still, you know, the season's not over. Uh, we still got a month and some change left. And we know that we still got to go out there and compete every single game. And uh, nothing changes, whether it's uh, the beginning of the season or the middle or the back the back end of the season. We still got to put in the work. Yep, Oscar, nice going last night. Thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's Indians outfielder Oscar Mercado, who's uh, put to ball game, still trying to find that consistency, but certainly making some progress as he looks to get back to that form that he flashed as a rookie back in 2019. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk pitching with starting pitcher Cal Quantrill and reliever Emmanuel Classe. That's next as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Here's the 0-2. Waved at and missed strike three. Ball dropped, or was it? Iglesias bolts down to first, but the home plate umpire, Dambolino, says, hey, you're out anyway. That was not a drop third strike. So that's it. Seventh inning done. Stretch time in Williamsport as Quantrill continues to roll with nine strikeouts, and he has now set down 13 straight. Here's the 1-1 pitch. A swing and a jam job by the mound. Behind second. He meant uh, Rosario Club. So one hop throw to first and a good pick by Owen Miller. And for Cal Quantrill, it's a 10-pitch inning. And he's only at 83 pitches through six innings. And now he's consistently giving you seven innings to start. It's a 2-0 Tribe lead in the middle of the sixth. Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. And always a, a lot of great ways to pick up our show each week. You can do so on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network, an affiliate near you. A lot of them pick up the show each week. Usually it runs on Saturdays uh, in and around 
the ball game that the Indians are playing that week, uh, usually a little bit before that week's game. But also you can listen to the show as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts or check in on Indians.com. All the archived editions are right there for you as well. Cal Quantrill has been a revelation in the Indians' starting rotation. After beginning the year in the bullpen with a start here and there, he's kind of that, that swing man. But once he's moved into the rotation on a full-time basis, man, has he figured it out. And he's been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball in the month of August. He threw three, excuse me, seven shakes against the Angels in the Little League Classic on Sunday night. Just another Good start in the month of August as he continues to get better and better. And when we caught up with Cal earlier this week, he talked about working that routine of a starting pitcher every five days instead of moving back and forth between the pen and the rotation and some of those benefits that he has gained from a solid role now. Yeah, I do think um, part of being a good teammate and a good pitcher is you should be able to perform in any role that you're given. That being said, I think it's it's tough to kind of reach your total potential if you're bouncing around all the time. Um, I think you see it in bullpens with, when there's not clear you know uh, clear roles. I think that starters too. I think you've even seen it in our team with some of the other pitchers. Given four or five chances in a row, it's it's a, it's a pretty amazing the kind of strides you can make. And for me, I don't think it's any different. I'm getting a chance to throw 100 pitches every fifth day, and the things that we're working on are, are improving each start, and and the results are kind of following along. How different is the preparation to doing what you're doing now compared to what you were doing before, and, and what did you have to learn about that to get to this place? Yeah, they both just require a, a different, a slightly different approach. I, at first, I really did want to take the same approach and just make myself a starter. I think that some of that, uh, the, the randomness that you get used to and you thrive with in the bullpen, does it gets eliminated as a starter, and and not taking advantage of that was probably silly of me. Like not, not taking advantage of the fact that we can have a very set routine that prepares your body to be, you know, as good as it can possibly be on that on your start day, is an advantage that you should that we should we should be using. So, for me, it's been you know take the greatest things we learn from the bullpen, how to attack hitters, some of the different pitches and, in, and increased value of pitches that we've seen, but then you know let's add a real starters routine like we had before and see if that mix doesn't create what we wanted. And I think it did. So pitch mix-wise, it seems like you've become more varied. And, and what's the biggest difference pitch mix-wise that, that you're seeing have a real good positive effect? I think if you ask anybody, it's just you have to feel confident in all your pitches to throw all your pitches. Um, you know, you, you, there's not very many guys in the league who throw 25% of each pitch who don't love all four pitches. So I think you need to get to a point where it's not just like, oh, this is my third or fourth best option, but it's something that you want to go to. And when the situation dictates that you're excited to throw, and I think that that's where we've gotten, is that I've got four or five pitches on any given day that I want to throw, and we're looking for opportunities to throw them, whereas before maybe it was, if there's any indecision, let's just fall back to the pitch that I love the most, and that can create some trouble. Cal Quantrill joining us, coming off seven scoreless innings over in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I think everybody had a different impression of that experience. What was it like for you being in the home of, of the Little League World Series and, and pitching in that venue in, in a very unique circumstance? Yeah, I think the people at Williamsport did a fantastic job. They really did. I think that both our staff who showed up early to set it up and, and the staff they had there took it seriously. It was very professional. Um, we enjoyed our time there. And then in terms of just being able to hang out with the kids and have like put on a show for, for an audience that I think we all agree is probably the most, audi- most fun audience to play in front of, 
was just overall made for a great experience. Obviously, you have to lock it in. After the game, were you able to mingle with the kids at all, or was there just too much going on? Well, it looked like it was must have been bedtime. They were all filing out in the in the ninth inning. But I got to say hello to some of the representatives uh, before the game, before they went out and uh, they did the anthem, and said hello to some of the kids after. And I think uh, my teammates did a did a fantastic job for me at the uh, at the actual little league complex before and then during the game. And you look at those kids, and I'm sure they're playing other sports. And and you look back to your youth, and you were not just solely focused on baseball. You may have lettered in more different sports in high school than anybody in that clubhouse. Uh, tell us about some of the, the unusual sports that we're used to that, that you lettered in and, and had fun with. Yeah, I just kind of how it worked. I, I preferred hockey for a long time. When baseball became a little more prominent, hockey was a little physical to continue doing at the highest level at you know my second couple years of school. So I figured I'd try some other sports. I played volleyball and squash, and I think I, well, I might have had a basketball team earlier, but ended up quitting basketball I tried them all I, I think it's important um, it's in a lot of ways it's too bad that we've gotten to the point where if you're not specializing early you're falling behind because I think that given the opportunity to play multiple sports is both good for your personal athletic growth but also just finding out what you actually like I uh, I felt much more confident kind of like pursuing baseball at the highest level knowing that I had really tried <laughs> pretty much what we had to offer well it has worked out down the road for sure Cal thanks a lot for coming by appreciate it all right, thank you. That's Cal Quantrill, Indian starting pitcher, and he has been just terrific. And in the games where he pitches deep in the games, leaves with a lead, well, he knows that he can turn things over to Emmanuel Classe to close things out. Classe has been the Indians' closer now pretty much since the All-Star break as he has taken over that role that he was sharing with James Karinchak pre-All-Star break. And when we had a chance to visit with Classe, translation help from Augie Rivero, Emmanuel talked about the keys to having a really good stretch since the All-Star break. Yeah, thank God is, you know, thank, first of all, thank God for this opportunity to be, you know, playing and doing what I do. And I think after the All-Star game, you know, the fact that I wasn't called is kind of like a motivation to, you know, keep doing my thing and keep executing pitch by pitch, day by day, and thankfully has come my way. Hey, obviously you're known for throwing hard, 100 miles an hour consistently with the cutter, but... How has the slider and the way you use the slider, how has that helped you really become a dominant closer now? Yeah, I think it has complemented my fastball, right, my fast pitch. Being able to combine the slider whenever I, I notice that they're expecting that fastball or even when I see it on the slider that I can manipulate the slider, it has helped me to get better results. And it seems like the increased usage came shortly after allowing a game-winning home run in, in Oakland, and it's been perfect since then. While that's hard to have that happen, is it sometimes a, the best way to learn when, when maybe you don't have success and then it allows you to make some changes? Yeah, I think not only the situation that happened, but after that happened, I had recognized it was myself not executing that pitch the best way I could. But after that, I, I continue you know, betting on me, being positive with myself and trying to do the best in every pitch. So that's what I did after that pitch. Closing games, I feel like in spring training you mentioned you want to be the closer. That's something you really felt strongly about. Uh, why is that, and, and what is it about that role that, that really gets you going? Yeah, I think the, the, what I really like is the competitiveness of it. You know, you know when you're pitching there, it's a high-level situation, and normally you face a better hitter. So I like to face the better hitters and get that uh, leverage and help my team. And you're part of a, a really good bullpen how much do the other uh, pitchers in that pen help you do your job? 
Eh, todo allá somos competentes, somos, apoyamos uno al otro, siempre que uno está pichando. Yeah, I mean, it's a very competitive group, but at the same time, it's a very supportive. You know, we all want to give our best. We want to do the best we can out there, and we're helping each other in the good times and all the good times. So I think it's a very good group of, of guys and very competitive. And you made some nice strides here with the Indians, but you grew up in baseball with Texas, and you get to face them this week. What about Texas helped? the foundation for you and, and really set you on a good path so that when you got here you were able to take those next steps. Nada, gracias a Dios me dieron la oportunidad de subir a Grande Liga. Se lo agradezco mucho. I gotta thank them first for giving me the opportunity to come to the majors. You know, I think there was a great coaching staff and managers and coaches that helped me and taught me a lot of things. But also I'm really excited to be pitching against them so I can, you know, keep showing what I do and what I learned to pitch uh, today. Manuel, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. Boy, what a luxury for the Indians to have a closer like Classe at the age of just 23. And uh, really, this is first full Major League season, and he has taken on a prominent role in a big way for the Indians and uh, gives them some certainty at the end of games, at least in the ninth inning. And uh, he has done that job very well. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll get an update on the Indians minor league system from Vice President of Player Development, James Harris. That's next as we continue with Tribe Talk presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Now the 2-2. Strike three called 101 mile an hour cutter on the inner part of the plate. That's 11 strikeouts for Indians pitching. That is number two for Emmanuel Classe. this season I actually had little business cards made. Eric Rubino, Fantasy Baseball GM. You can keep that. Sure, the players are famous, but come game day, I decide their fate. What's that? Oh, you make 20 million? Well, I don't like your attitude. You benched! Now, I'd never bench an all-star, but I could. That's also why I like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. With options based on my budget, they never throw me a curveball. <laughs> That's a little baseball reference for you. Get options based on your budget with Progressive, even if you're not a legend in your own mind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Who keeps you cheering year after year? Who's got the ballpark? The best is all right here. Who's got the so much Cleveland pride. Who's talking baseball? baseball. Talking tribe. We're talking baseball. Talking tribe. Nick Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our final segment on this week's show. And as always, we like to catch up from time to time with Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris, and get an idea of what's going on in the Indians minor league system. And uh, James was following the Lynchburg Ball Club. That's the low A entry for the Indians in their minor league system, the, the lowest of the full season clubs. And we caught up with James as uh, Lynchburg was on the road in Kannapolis, North Carolina, taking on a White Sox farm team. And he says there's been a lot of player movement due to some of the Indians' injuries. Believe it or not, it trickles all the way down to the lower levels. But uh, he says it's uh, really... A good thing this time of year for a lot of players to be on the move and showing some progress as they work their way up the Indians minor league ladder. Yeah, it's great. Um, players 
especially with the year off last year, we didn't really have a good understanding of where they were. We played a little bit in spring training, but it's basically just an educated guess of where we placed them during the year. And then as they play, their play will tell us where they need to go, whether it be performance standpoint or understanding the game. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the players who are moving through the system, but some that have joined the Lynchburg Ball Club, and they come over from the Summer League team in Arizona, some really young players. Let's start with a second-generation potential major leaguer in Milan Tolentino, um, an infielder. What are you seeing from him, and what allowed him to make that move to a full-season club? Yeah, He's been around the game his entire life, so he understands the work that needs to be put in, where he needs to put his attention, and then you can see that in his advanced play on the field. It's awesome. Got Arizona, put him into the Carolina, Carolina League where he's riding buses and doesn't have the great facilities that he had in Arizona and, and be able to see if he can continue that development. Another player in Lynchburg who is a former high draft pick, P.D. Halpin, an outfielder. And uh, he mentioned earlier, obviously, but all these guys have a, a certain level in terms of tools. But playing the game, what what has Halpin learned this summer about actually playing the game and, and the all the things that go along with being a, a really good professional ball player? Yeah, typically when you you take a player who's picked where Petey was picked, like the, the physical abilities and skill are are usually advanced. It's the ability to understand the game, understand the strategies, understand the situations, understand decision making that can help him take his game to the next level. And Petey's really been digging in with the staff, especially with the manager, Dennis Malvey, talking through situations of, like, what should he do with two outs and, and different situations with runners on base and, and taking pitches. And, and there's just so many aspects of the game that they just haven't experienced because they haven't played a ton um, that have been great for him to, to learn as he's working through his first full season. Two players who've gone from Lynchburg up to Lake County, which is now the high A for the Indians, infielder Christian Cairo and then Jonathan Rodriguez, an outfielder. Uh, what have they done to, to make that next step? And how much of a step is it going from, from low A to high A? So there, it, it is a step. It might not be as big as it, it was in the past since we've had a year off, but both of those guys have, have worked their tails off, um, have been in a, on a competitive club in, in Lynchburg and helped that team win, and now they're going to try to do the same in Lake County. Um, as you start to go up, the um, pitchers, pitchers can locate a little bit better. There's a little bit more information. They know you as a hitter. Um, so it's going to be some ad advanced uh, development for those guys, but I think they're ready for the challenge. Moving along throughout the system, and George Valera, a name that, that we've seen at spring training, get some time in major league games, and he's made the jump to double-A Akron, and, and what type of season has he had that's allowed him to make that jump? Well, George is an exciting player, and he's a name that if you haven't heard Already, you'll definitely be hearing more of in, in the future. Uh, he's a guy who can play all three in the outfield. The bat has really come alive. He's growing in, into some power. He's he's gotten healthy after having a, a small injury setback. Um, we're really excited about George's development and and excited that he's putting that together with with basically physically maturing on and off the field. And um, definitely excited about his development. And another player who has moved, and, and we talked about him earlier in the summer. Uh, he got hurt, but now he's back. John Kenzie Noel, uh, he's made that move from Lynchburg to Lake County. What are you seeing there from him as his season moves along? Well, first thing you see when you walk into the park, you're like, wow, this guy looks like a major leaguer today. Um, he's, he's a big physical presence on the field, plays, plays first base, third base, can even play a little bit in, in the outfield, hits the ball extremely hard. Uh, there was a, a day the other day where, Fran Mil Reyes hit a ball, I think it was 465 feet. 
Um, but yet, Noel hit a ball 485 feet and 495 feet. So he, he hits the ball extremely hard, um, but yet um, has been controlling the zone. And we'll finish with a, with a story that, that really, I think, speaks to patience and perseverance. But Will Benson has finally reached the AAA level. And uh, the former top-round draft pick, uh, he's had his ups and downs, but he keeps plugging away. And, and what are you seeing that's allowed him to get to Columbus and show what he can do at that AAA level? Well, everyone develops at the at their own at their own rate, and Will's no exception. Uh, he's he works extremely hard. He's a great teammate. Um, but one thing that he he's done, he's made more consistent contact this year. Um, he's always hit the ball hard. He doesn't strike out a ton, and he walks quite a bit more than average for a guy with his profile. So he's put together a pretty good uh, profile to see what he can do in, in AAA and see if he can help our major league team in the future. Well, James, I appreciate the update as uh, the season. Uh, starts to wind down a little bit. I know in, in some cases it'll run a little bit longer, but uh, as always, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That's Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris, and that's going to do it for it. this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for his help in putting together our show every week. We will join you next weekend from Fenway Park in Boston. That's where the Indians will be taking on the Boston Red Sox in a three-game series as part of a six-game road swing for the Tribe. That starts on Tuesday in Kansas City. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.